So on Pet Pod today, we are joined by the fabulous Dan Lewis from Cape and Tree Vets and our Head of Animal Welfare, Caroline Yon, um, as well as myself, Caroline, General Manager, Oak Tree Animals Charity. Um, and today, it's exciting. It's Christmas week. It's only four days till Christmas. Uh, it's far too exciting. Um, so we need to think about our pets this time of year. We need to make sure that we are doing everything we can to make their Christmas happy and relaxing as well. So... How do we do that? Because Christmas is quite a busy time of year. Kaz, from a training perspective, it's quite busy, isn't it? It's quite stressful. It is. It's um, a brilliant time for us and for our families, but for pets, they do find it quite hard going. Um, having it's going to be a little bit different this year. I think I should just qualify that before we go any <laughs> definitely, further. Definitely. Um, obviously, normally you would perhaps have more people around at the house than normal. Um, a lot more higher excitement levels in general in the home, especially if you've got children or people that have never grown up like me. Uh, <laughs> so, so animals can find that quite challenging because everything is going to be at just that higher level of arousal for probably not just a day. It might be for a week or two before and after. Uh, so I think it's really important to ensure for your pets that they do have uh, a bit of downtime, they have areas they can go and just get away from it all and chill out uh, and, and just be mindful that they don't quite understand all the excitement of Christmas and they're not going to be offended if you just give them that little time away from everybody else. Absolutely. And that safe den space can make all the difference, Absolutely. can't it? Just having that space because not every pet wants to play Hungry Hippos at the same volume no. as you. <laughs> <laughs> so what does a den look like? So it could be something like a crate. Um, if you've already, if in the case of dogs, it, it might be like a crate if you've got crate trained uh, dogs. So you can put blankets over the top of it just to make a bit more of a hideaway. And the rule has to be um, across the family when the animal is in its den, we're going to leave it alone. That's going to be a safe space so it knows when it goes in there that's fine. Um, nobody's going to come in. The kids aren't going to crawl in with their new presents and join. Uh, you can't it, escape, never yeah. escape. <laughs> if it's a cat, um, it may be. Uh, a little hideaway somewhere it could be under a bed it could be on top of a wardrobe it could be in the wardrobe uh, and again it's just providing it with a, a sheltered usually a darker space that it can retreat into and know that this is its safe space and particularly really important there cats love heights so we need to remember they want to get up there so if you're thinking about putting your really precious new china present on the top <laughs> shelf and you've got a cat and it's quite a noisy household you may want to rethink yeah. that decision um dan when you're coming into seeing people in practice what do you how do you get people to think about preparing for christmas to minimize disruption yes it's a similar thing we, we have chats with people about um how they're preparing what, what the house is like i completely agree with the things Kaz has said it's uh, i mean my, my my cats particularly have really liked the cardboard boxes and some of the being delivered in, uh, so once we finish the packaging, we don't go and put them in the recycling straight away. We leave them around the house, and the cats can go and hide in those. And we have quite a lot of fun with that. I mean, our, our consulting is, is different this year, so we're having more chats with those in the waiting room and out in the car park, and, and uh, we're maybe not having quite like that free-flowing conversation that we normally have. But uh, yeah, we talk about those types of preparations and. You know, there are some products available that can help on, a, on an anxiety level. There's plug-in diffusers that you can get that help both dogs and cats, uh, separate products for dogs or cats, but uh, <laughs> they can be very, very helpful. Uh, so we, we, uh, we often talk about those, and there are various sprinkle capsules you can put on foods that, that help calm pets uh, who are more anxious as well. So we often have a, a run-up of those leading up to fireworks back in November and then at this time of year as well. Those 
I mean, those are a really key part. And fireworks, I think everyone who has a pet has a, or who's a little bit nervous of fireworks has that fear on the 31st. It's like, oh no, we're coming up to midnight. Oh no, it's fabulous, but oh, help. And I think having that safe den, having those preparations in place, hopefully you've already done that for fireworks night. Um, but if you haven't, don't despair. There are things you can do and you can talk to um, either your vet or your local animal charity who will try and help you support your pet during that time. Now, I've got to go back to the cardboard boxes because anyone who knows Oak Tree knows that we love a cardboard box um, and we love cardboard chaos where we can use those boxes. Please don't throw them away. I can't say that enough from Dan um, because cardboard chaos is a great way for your dog to develop confidence or your cat mm -hmm. to develop confidence, have some explore, have a bit of a sniffari, get them exploring. What is Cardboard Chaos, Kaz? So Cardboard Chaos, right, it's, a, it's just a, a really fun game to play with your dogs and obviously Christmas is going to be a super time to do it. So basically get all your cardboard boxes, different sizes, shapes, doesn't matter. Put them together in the middle of a room and throw some of your dogs uh, food in and around the boxes. Or your cats. Or your cats. Um, and the cats, I tend to make cat forts with cardboard boxes. Oh, somewhere. nice. Okay. <laughs> nice. Even nicer. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's basically chuck a, a bit of food around, let the animals go uh, and explore and hunt out all the food from in, on and around the cardboard boxes. And it's just a really good, relaxing um, activity for your pets to do. And it really is. And did we ever need an excuse to buy more from Amazon? That is it. <laughs> your pet's enrichment. That's the way forward. Um, and yeah, it's such an important yeah. part of what we're trying to do. And at this time of year, we're always thinking about those presents. We're, <laughs> again, at Oak Tree, our generous, generous supporters are sending us wonderful boxes of treats for our animals. Um, and we just can't thank you enough for that. But it is Christmas present time. So mm -hmm. we're thinking about those presents, those things that we want to give those that we love and who do we love any more than our pets so we want to think about a present for them and dan i mean obviously as a vet you will obviously see some results of christmas present choices that perhaps weren't the right ones for that pet um, so what would your advice be for anyone who is thinking about getting a christmas present for their pet yes i think um you know, unintentional um good 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 feeling you know can lead to so you never want to be giving your pet's real chocolate release, for example. You know, there's plenty of pet-safe chocolate uh, that looks, and from their perspective, smells the same, but crucially, is much safer. Um, I think that's always a good idea. Um, we want to be thinking about uh, robust sort of rope or, or rubber chew toys rather than uh, the various rawhide and, and antlers and all these chews, which are uh, at any time of year, but you know that particularly people can think about tobacco as this time of fits in with the theme, but they're very dangerous to, to dogs' teeth um, and they can cause real, real bad injuries to their teeth. So we want to try and avoid those before possible and stick to more, uh, you know, uh, Christmas-themed rope toy or something. <laughs> you know, a rope elf or something. Would be, would be a rope elf, I love it. <laughs> can, can I say, Dan, I'm really pleased that you mentioned rawhide. Yeah. Um, it is something that we've been trying to put across to... Um, people here uh, when they're, they're looking to get treats for the dogs on site that uh, we'd rather they didn't give us rawhide. Would you be happy to explain a bit more why, why rawhide's perhaps not the best thing for a dog? I think the biggest problem with rawhide and, and, and especially at this time of year when you might be mindful of thinking okay well I'll look, we're going to pop out for something you know just pop around well we're probably not going to be doing that this year but pop around to the neighbours and sort of say hello give them something to, to play with while we're out and my biggest issue with rawhide is that bits can come off and there's a real choke hazard, uh, particularly 
what's it's in their stomach, so you know, a piece that's small enough to swallow okay, it can then present a bit of an issue lower down. Um, and also, it can trigger um, various uh, internal sort of inflammatory processes as well because of the, uh, the content that's in it. So there's, there's, there's multi-factor problems with it actually. Uh, I think it's a very common uh, instinctive, oh, that's a really good thing, but yeah, it's, um, from the pet's perspective, um, it does present real potential problems. So Dan, if I can take you back to the comment you made about chocolate, we often hear in rescue when we're talking about don't give dog chocolate. Oh, I do it quite a lot, um, and like, it's never been a problem. But it doesn't quite work like that, does it? No, and I think particularly at Christmas, it's the it's the amount of chocolate that's around and the way that it's it's presented. So last year, ninety four percent of vets uh, reported seeing at least one uh, case of chocolate ingestion. Wow. Um, chocolate doesn't actually last that long to enough to be on the floor for the dogs or on the shelf for the dogs however if, if, if you're better than us and you do are, are very self-controlled it's certainly some great advice and while we're on the topic of poisons Christmas is such an amazingly festively wonderful time for us however there are some intrinsic poisons for our animals that we see down what what do we need to be watching out for as pet owners uh, I think alongside we've got uh, raisins obviously found in Christmas puddings with pies so other dried fruits. Uh, the dried fruit particularly is far more risky to pets than the, um, uh, the, the non-dry, so grapes, you know, for example. But, uh, but uh, the, I think the real problem with those two things is, un- unlike chocolate, where we can do a sort of a calculation of grams per kilogram, um, there isn't a quantifiable amount of those uh, the, the dried fruits. Uh, so literally one raisin can be toxic to uh, one animal, and, and it would take more than that for another. So they present even more of a sort of a, a risk in terms of the fact that we really can't make that prediction. Um, uh, xylitol is often used in sugar-free products as a replacement. That's toxic. Onions, garlic, uh, your mistletoe holly that you might have at separation because they're particularly dangerous. Um, lots of people like to have plants out like lilies, poinsettias. Um, they're a real problem for 
Hess particularly, um, who really attracted to um, you know those flowers uh, in particular. Uh, and again, the same study that looked back last year found that 50% of of, uh, of that saw a cat that had picked something, you know, yeah. uh, and that caused that a problem. And it's harder for cats to make them sick in the way that we can with dogs. So with cats, it's even more important to try and prevention better than... It really is. It's, it's thinking about it. And if you're in any doubt, ask, again, ask your vet, ask an animal charity, or just do some really good research on the internet, because there's some great resources out there. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So do do take a look. And while we're talking about Christmas presents, obviously we need to think about, at Oaktree, we do see people contacting us saying, it's Christmas time, I'd love a kitten. Because... <laughs> Obviously, that has some benefits, and there's some, pet ownership is wonderful, but there are also some caveats as well. So tell us a little bit about why we discourage people making Christmas present choices as animals. Um, well, I think, as I said before, right at the start, Christmas is a challenging time, even for established pets. So it's perhaps not the right time to be introducing a new animal into your household anyway. Um, you're not going to have... Um, normal sort of routines in the day uh, and as I said before the general excitement and arousal levels <laughs> in the house are going to be a lot higher so it's going to be a lot more difficult to settle an animal in so just for that reason alone it's really not a good time. Um, I'm thinking about household noises actually on some occasions if you are a quiet couple and you have no children it's quite a routine time actually it could be quite a beneficial time to set an animal in but you really have to gauge your household yes, don't you, and, yeah. and what's going on there uh, and, and I think you know it's it's uh, the old saying that a dog or a cat is for life not just for Christmas Absolutely. it's making sure that when you're making that choice you're not making it um, as a knee jerk so oh, wouldn't it be lovely to have a, a cute fluffy kitten or a nice little cute puppy in the home for Christmas you've got to be thinking long term about how your life is going to be for the next 12, 15, maybe 20 years in the case of a cat. Yeah. So it, it's it's making that informed choice, perhaps letting everything settle, get back into your daily routine, see how your life work balances. Um, and buying mum a surprise kitten may not be the right answer no, at all. No, because yeah. they might not really like that. <laughs> exactly. That may not be the surprise they yeah, want. You, you know, you might be thinking that dear old mum needs some companionship and she's oh, thinking she'd rather go to bingo. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think it's just yeah. really sitting down almost in the cold light of day yeah. and, and making a very informed choice about what animal would suit you uh, and how it would fit into the lifestyle you have. And actually every family member needs to be involved yeah. in, that, in that decision making. So these surprise pets are, are yeah. not a surprise for everybody. Everyone is committed because we're talking a long period of life. I mean, Dan, I mean, we're talking, what, what sort of longevities are we talking about for our normal dog, cats, rabbits? Uh, yeah, cats up to 20, um, very easily, you know, bunnies, well cared for, 6 to, to 12 years, really, and dogs anywhere from 6 to a great big, huge, giant breed, dogs up to, again, heading up towards your 20s for the, for the more, uh, smaller breeds, so, yeah, it's a lifelong commitment, for sure, and, uh, and you know, all that all the goes with it, the, the being able to afford to feed them, look after them, uh, make all that provision. Yeah, and we often, often people uh, talk to us and say, in January, do you see a lot of abandonments after Christmas? And the answer is actually no, we don't tend to. We tend to see them about seven or eight months afterwards, where we see that people have got pets at Christmas 
it's a really lovely thing. It's fabulous. And then we start to see some of the behaviour issues coming out, the training issues, and people's lives starting to realise actually it doesn't fit in their lifestyle. We've tried. And the ultimate option or the only option really for them is to relinquish that animal. And that's what we're aiming to try and solve. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this year in particular has been a real challenge. Um, a lot of people have thought it's been great to get a pet because we're going to be home more. We might be working from home more. We might be furloughed. Um, and then we've actually seen that that's created its own problems uh, with animals kind of being stuck with their owners for 24 hours a day when they were used to getting that downtime when the owners would go to work. Um, and we're seeing some some behavioural issues mm. arising out of that and that's making it more difficult for people to retain the pets. So, yeah, I, I think it's really about, as I say, it's, it's about people sitting and really thinking hard about their lifestyles, what they want from a pet and what they can offer, and perhaps talking to trainers, behaviourists, uh, animal charities, vets, about what would really suit the the way they the way that they live their lives and how an animal would fit into that because there is no doubt pet ownership is amazing mm-hmm. uh, all three of us on this conversation <laughs> are pet owners um, and we, we do that because it is an amazing thing to do but it can also be an absolute heartbreak and the most most hard the hardest thing that you can put together and that's when we want to, we want to stop that and all of that is solvable and all of that is controllable by making some really sensible decisions, yeah. doing your research and talking to people and talking to experts. But it's, to it's about understanding the, the commitment that you're making. Yeah. That, um, for example, if you get a puppy, I might take it to puppy classes, but the training of the puppy doesn't stop just because it's now four months old and I've been to six puppy classes. It's making that commitment mm-hmm. and understanding that as that animal develops and grows, you're going to have to continue training and, and continue investing in it. Uh, not just financially, um, but, <laughs> but also in, in terms of the, the time and the care that you offer it. And I think that's that's where sometimes uh, we do see problems is because, you know, life gets in the way a little bit and people sort of tail off the amount of time they're investing in the pet and that's when you start to see problems happening. So again, it's just understanding that this is an ongoing uh, lifelong commitment that you make into that animal. Absolutely. Now we've talked about the caveats, we've talked about the poisons, we've talked about all the dangers of Christmas, but however, I know the best part of Christmas morning will be my snuggles on the sofa with my dogs, with my cat on the top looking very disapprovingly at the dogs. So, no um, pressure. Can I just pick up on something actually so quickly? Yes, of course. Uh, as we talk about this year, particularly, and it's, it's been difficult and so I think it's important, um, if you don't mind, for me to go back and pick up on one thing. Absolutely. There's been, there's been a real um, influx this year sadly, of, of people opportunistically taking advantage of the mm. fact that people wanted particularly puppies this, this year. Um, and it's just to say, please be really, really careful about where it is that you're getting your, your puppy from. If you do make that decision, with all those things that we've just talked about, and you think, yeah, this is the right thing for us, and we're going to go and do that, please really do your research, look where you're getting uh, your puppy from. No one, even with all of the restrictions of COVID-19, should be able to say to you that you can't see the mum, you know, alongside the puppy. Uh, You should be able to see uh, the mum as well uh, as the puppy. Um, You hear about people people selling puppies as one breed and then they're a different breed and and, and all these sorts of things. So, you know, your places like your uh, internet websites are not the best place for selling... Uh, puppies and do the research, find out good local 
own mm. kitchens as well. And from those uh, institutions, um, but please just be very, very careful about it. And if it feels suspicious, it probably is. Absolutely. And with that, if, if you've got a, a, one breeder who's got about five or six different breeds of puppies, that should be ringing alarm bells in you because breeders yeah, normally focus on one breed. And we know that this year import licenses have gone up considerably. They've gone up over 80% on 2019. So we're seeing a lot more dogs coming into the country. And bearing in mind, each of those licenses can be one to 150 dogs. Um, so we're talking about a huge number of dogs coming in and it's making sure that you get the right dog for you and a dog that you can add, get the background and that support with. And if you are getting a, a, a rescue dog, just make sure, talk to your rescue. What, are, what, what, can you, what support can you give me afterwards? If this, if this doesn't work out, will you take this dog back? Will you be there on the phone if there's a problem? Because we're starting to see some issues there where people aren't getting the backup that they need. So it's really important. Talk to your rescue centre. Talk to your breeder. What happens if this is the wrong choice for me? Um, and, and just make some of those decisions. The Dogs Trust have a great site called The Puppy Pack. Um, so do have a look at that and it gives you some ideas of what to be looking for and talk to us, talk to your vet, talk to people about finding that right dog for you. So my favourite part of any Christmas day is Christmas lunch. Um, so the best part is get, having that fabulous feast and you often have eyes around the table staring up at you. Um, and sort of like sort of those big eyes going, yes, we'd like some Christmas dinner too, but we need to be careful. We want to share this feast with our animals. It's a great time of year. But what do we need to be thinking about, Dan? Yeah, so with the turkey, absolutely. The meat is really good, actually. That's not a problem because it's not high in fat and, and that, that's great. And the vegetables that we might, uh, might cook to go alongside, uh, they're absolutely fine. Oh, my dog loves a sprout. <laughs> my <dog. laughs> Maybe not the roasted ones because of the oil or the butter. Yes. But, uh, um, but particularly going back to the turkey or whatever meat you might be having cooked bones, they're a real problem. Um, for, for pets, the, the bones can split so they can cause real damage inside. So please don't be thinking about giving it. Absolutely vital. We, we all see in rescue and in regret the, the problems when that does happen. So it's about thinking what you want to give uh, and, and making sure that it's the right choice again for your pet. It's all about making those choices, isn't it? And making the right choices. Um, so we've talked about poisons. We've talked about getting the pet responsibly but we've also talked about the most wonderful part which is having a pet at Christmas so Dan what is what what are your top three tips for having a great Christmas with your pet so I think top three would be um, make sure that they've got those safe spaces to go to that they've got that ability to have that time out so that they can when they want to enjoy that time with you uh, number two would be um, spoil them but do it in the right way get appropriate pet type treats uh, and number three would be uh, just do everything you can to keep those things that present a possible danger to you away from them and then everybody have a great time uh, and you'll all be enjoying festivities. And it's always so unfair to follow such a great top three. Yeah. Kaz, can you add anything to that? I'm just, not going to do three. Yeah, just stole my top three. <laughs> I was say, we, we're all going to say dens. Get your den. Yeah. Get your den sorted. But um, yes. No, I think it's all of those. Um, obviously, if you've got dogs enjoying a, a lovely crisp, Christmas walk um, in the fresh air with the dogs is, is always lovely and then uh, settling down to a, a good trashy Christmas film in the evening on the sofa uh, with the dogs or the cats 
and recognising that some of your dogs, particularly your older dogs, might actually prefer the, the sort of sitting on the sofa part yep. after a little bit of a sniffari yeah. and letting them having a little bit of a snuffle around yeah. as opposed to going on a marathon. Um, so yeah. it's, it's gauging the exercise for I, your dog. I guess it's just respecting what, what the animal yeah. needs more than what we think we would like to give it. Absolutely. And so from all of us at Oak Tree Animals Charity, and I'm sure at Cape and Tree as well, we would like to wish all of you a really happy Christmas. We hope you have a really safe and fabulous time with your pets. And we can't wait to see your photos. So do share them with us on social media. We love Christmas animal photos. Um, so please do take care and we'll look forward to seeing you in the new year.